I'm Mike Lazinski, Director of Communications at the SUNY Charter Schools Institute, and welcome to our More Great Seats for Kids podcast. Today, we continue our exploration of the SUNY renewal process. Our guest is Andrew Kyle, Director of School Evaluation. Andrew and his team are instrumental to ensuring that SUNY authorized charters have high quality on the ground programs. Today, we discuss school visitations, the benchmarks, collecting evidence, classroom observations, and much, much more. Then we're joined by Danielle Bruno, Principal and Director of Elmwood Village Days Park in Buffalo. Danielle explains how she and the school team prepared for the evaluation visit, and she offers some insights into how all schools can use the visit opportunity to grow and improve their own practices. But first, some housekeeping. The focus of this series is to instill some transparency around the SUNY authorization process. You can always find more information on our website, newyorkcharters.org. You can also sign up for our newsletter there. Additionally, I want to encourage you to follow the Institute on LinkedIn and to keep up with the latest news on Twitter. Our handle is at SUNY Charters. Now, our interview with Andrew Kyle. All right, Andrew, thanks very much for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. So in a previous episode, we spoke with uh, Jeff Waspis, our Executive Deputy Director for Accountability. Uh, we touched on renewal, what it means for a school to be an academic success, and we focused primarily on the quantitative side. Uh, so I'm excited to build on that today and explore more of the qualitative with you. Now, as the Director for School Evaluation, uh, our school leaders certainly know who you are, but I'm sure it would help some of our uh, listeners if you provide a little bit more context on what it is that you do uh, every single day for us. So can you discuss a little bit about your background and uh, and your role here? Sure. So uh, this is my third year at the Institute. Uh, prior to working at the Institute, I was school-based and I worked in both the operations and academic uh, leadership at a charter school. Um, I also, previous to working school-based, I also spent two years as a consultant where I primarily conducted school quality reviews across the United States. Uh, in my time of evaluating schools, including time at the Institute, I've been in, I've evaluated almost probably over 120 schools. Um, and so I bring a very wide range of experiences and lens to the school quality review process and the evaluation process. Um, and it's one of my favorite things to do, which is why this role is perfect because it's the director of school evaluation. I oversee the evaluation team. Um, as you know, the academic side of the institute is divided into two parts, the evaluation team and the quantitative team. And so I oversee all the efforts that our evaluation team does. So ensuring that uh, each team member is trained on our protocols to conduct school evaluations and then oversee kind of the day-to-day operations of the team as well as organizing our schedules and all of our work around the school evaluation season. So we have a renewal season and we have typically a spring evaluation season. So organizing the schedule with the team, making sure that all the team members know where they're going, and then all of our practices with ensuring that we have a pretty solid process to conduct those school evaluations. How often are schools evaluated? So schools are evaluated uh, depending on many different factors. Uh, we guarantee a first-year visit to schools, and we guarantee a renewal visit to schools uh, because it's outlined in the charter contract. For evaluation visits, it varies per school. We typically review our data each year to see which schools 
are meeting or maybe not meeting or not coming close to meeting their accountability plan goals. After reviewing that data, we see our capacity and we look at many different factors like what year in the charter term is the school? Has there been leadership turnover or any other factors that might uh, necessitate a visit to the school so that we can gather some context as well as provide feedback to the school based on a subset of the renewal benchmarks, which we call the qualitative education benchmarks. So we have the uh, renewal visits, we have school evaluation visits, we have the first year visits. When we are going on the ground, um, how many members do we usually send and uh, what are their individual roles? Right. Great question. Um, uh, so team visit size and team kind of makeup always depends on the school. So if we have a K to five, two grade, two classes per grade, we might send a smaller team because over a one or two day period, two team members might be able to gather enough evidence based on the size of the school. If we're looking at a K-12 more than two classrooms per grade, then we might have a larger team made up of four to five folks. Um, we also invite consultants to join us because there might be some times we need a little added expertise. Um, and so we look for consultants who have, uh, maybe they have a very deep rooted special education background and there's a school with a higher number of special education, uh, students with disabilities in the school. So we might invite along a consultant to help us look at some of the factors going into the special education program at the school. Uh, for team roles, each team member really plays the same role. Everyone is aligned in our protocols and our practices. So folks are able to kind of run all the different aspects of the school visit uh, equally. Um, and so we usually have the only distinguishing role on a team would be the team visit lead who would primarily drive the visit and communication with the school ahead of time. So that's the individual who is making the schedule ahead of time, working with the school to work out any logistics and other things, and also make sure that the school is prepared. They will also lead a lot of the activities on the visit. So they will lead many of the conversations that the whole group has with the leader, uh, possibly the board interview that we conduct, um, and then also lead the team with our debrief session. So pulling each of the team members together, uh, triangulating all the data that we've evidence that we've collected and discussing where we see uh, big pieces of feedback to provide the school, what the school's doing really, really well, what the school mm -hmm. needs to improve on. So when you're on these visits, what are you looking for? So the primary driver for any evaluation visit at the Institute would be the renewal benchmarks. And as I mentioned, a subset of those benchmarks we use for the evaluation aspect of it. So we're looking at what we call the qualitative education benchmarks. And so that's a subset of the renewal benchmarks that looks at the curriculum, the assessments at the school, uh, the pedagogy. So through classroom observations, we gain a sense of what classroom instruction looks like. And then we look at instructional leadership, the at-risk program, organizational capacity, and then board oversight. We do interviews, document reviews, classroom observations. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about how you how you explore each of those? Yes. So the classroom observations, uh, we have a very clear protocol that we use that looks specifically at four of the indicators within the QEBs, as we call them. And so we're looking for uh, purposeful instruction, objectives, uh, checks for understanding, higher order thinking activities, and then general classroom management and classroom culture. 
So we each go into classrooms and we we strive to get a representative view of the school uh, through our classroom observations. Um, so while we might not necessarily go to every single classroom in the school, we do get a large representation of all the grade levels and content areas as possible. Recognizing that there are some limits to schedule uh, scheduling pieces, um, but for the most part, um, we find that we get a good representation through our observations to see what teaching and learning looks like at the school. Through our document review, we ask schools to compile and bring together some of their core curricular materials. Uh, we look at lesson plans when we're in the classroom observations. We also look at any of the assessment documents, tests, etc. that schools might have, as well as the corresponding results to those assessments, and look through uh, how the school is using that, what kind of um, artifacts does the school produce from reviewing that data and those assessments. And then we also look at uh, student work. So that might vary between, we might be looking at writing samples that are hanging on the walls, and then other aspects of student work that we find through our classroom observations. We're always looking at the student, the work that students are producing. And then we look at other high-level kind of items that the school might have produced, like evaluations of teachers, evaluations of leaders. Uh, if the board conducts a self-evaluation, we look at that as well as any type of strategic plan, priorities of the school, any type of document that the school has kind of produced. Um, and we always leave that open for the schools. Like we may ask for some set of materials, but if there are other things, then we do ask that schools present that because it might be evidence that we didn't think to ask about, uh, but it might be important to for the school to be able to share its story. Um, we also then, we conduct a bunch of interviews during the visit. So we, as the team lead, the team lead is responsible for looking through, uh, the staff lists and who the teachers are. And we look at a wide range of factors there. So we're looking at how long certain folks have been at the school. So we like to hear a representation of new teachers to see what their experience of onboarding and acculturation to the school has been. And then we also like to hear from veteran teachers to see what their experience over time has been at the school. We also speak with most of the leadership team. Um, we might not speak to every single individual on the leadership team. We may do one-on-one -on -one interviews. We may do focus groups. Um, and then we also, another large aspect of a visit will be the board interview. So we convene the board together in a closed meeting to interview them to see their perspective on governance and oversight of the school. And we want our schools to be successful. So we are providing them with this information and debriefing them. on Exactly. So I think the, the clear message that we give at the Institute, we authorize schools that we want to be successful. So the whole purpose and point of this is something might have happened where the scores aren't where the school wants them to be and they're not meeting or coming close to meeting their accountability plan goals. So we use this as an opportunity to hold a mirror up uh, to the practices that the school has been doing to reflect back what is going well and what needs to improve at the school, all to ensure that we are making more great seats for kids. So how will these reports ultimately inform renewal? So first and foremost, the reports are a tool for schools to use to continuously improve. Sure. So it is feedback that we provide to the schools in a written form that describes what the school's doing. Um, it's a report that describes uh, the school's 
how well the school is doing against the QEBs, the qualitative education benchmarks. And so it's a tool for the schools to reflect back and review based on what we saw in the visit, as well as how the institute is viewing the school against those QEBs so that they can use it to continuously improve. All right, so let's uh, let's finish up by taking a walk through the timeline. Once a visit is scheduled, how should a school begin to prepare? What's the first step? So uh, our wonderful program assistant, Jenna Wilkinson, will email all the schools that we plan to visit in the spring. And from that point, it's really, uh, there are a request for some pre-visit documents. Um, and then we also have a pre-visit call. So that's really the first step is schools just making sure that uh, they have all the right materials and things. We, we try to ask for things that are not newly created. A handful of things might be unique to the process, but ideally, if we're asking for an assessment list, then uh, the school might have an assessment list or a calendar that they already have that's sure. acceptable to submit um, and things like that. So gathering all those materials. And then uh, we do convene the school with uh, simply a call or a video conference to talk through mainly logistics and just to gain a little bit more context for the school. That is an opportunity for the school to kind of describe and us to ask questions like, you know, what are your priorities for the year? Or, you know, I saw this person on your staff list. Could you explain their role? Because we might want to speak to them. And then we go back and forth with the schedule after that call. Once we have that context for the school, the visit lead will start to create the schedule. They'll send it to the school, ask for the school to input some different interviews uh, of teachers, et cetera, uh, based on a list that we provide. Um, and then we, then it kind of moves into the visit stage. So there's another set of document requests. Um, and I think one of the things that we've really been asking schools in that document request is, uh, once upon a time, there was, uh, I guess a tradition through SUNY Institute visits to, for schools to prepare binders and binders of materials. Uh, we're trying to cut back on paper usage. So we've tried to move everything to our digital platform, either inputting through Epicenter or the school giving us access to their Google Drive or whatever mechanism they use to uh, share documents and things with their staff members. Um, and so that's another piece kind of between the pre-visit call and the actual visit. The biggest piece of advice for schools moving into the actual visit days is to just kind of move on with business as usual. Uh, we ask that we try to be the least disruptive. We know that it's a huge lift when we come into schools. Uh, so we appreciate all the efforts that schools do to make us feel welcome and uh, welcomed into their community. Um, but we do ask that, you know, try to keep on with business as usual. So teachers should teach their lessons in the ways that they would be teaching it. We do ask for lesson plans to be readily available for us so that we can kind of gain some context while we're in classrooms. Um, but we, uh, you know, we might have a cell phone number of a leader, but we try to avoid kind of pulling them and asking for day requests on the days of the visits as much as possible. We might add an interviewer he to here and there in the schedule. Uh, but for the most part, you know, if, if the leader is supposed to be doing conducting observations in a classroom, we would expect them to kind of continue that kind of business as usual while we're on the visit. Well, this podcast is supposed to be an educational resource for, for our school leaders. So I think that advice is pretty helpful. So thank you very much, Andrew. Absolutely. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, this is great. Next up, we're joined by Danielle Bruno. Danielle, welcome to the show. 
Hello, Mike. I really appreciate you taking a few minutes here to speak with us about your experiences. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity and the invitation. So I wanted to start off by providing you with the opportunity to talk a little bit about Elmwood Village, about your school's mission and your overall approach. Um, Elmwood Village Charter School is a public charter school in Buffalo, New York, which is in the western New York region of the state. Um, we are in our 14th year of operation. We are a K through 8 student, uh, K through 8 school with 450 students. And uh, the mission of our school is that we believe strongly that when all students are provided with the right learning conditions, they'll be successful at high levels. We have an extremely diverse population of students, and um, the foundation of our school is rooted in social-emotional learning. Uh, we believe that when we provide social-emotional instruction, social-emotional supports, that students will be academically successful. So those two pillars really hold up our entire school, social-emotional learning and academic learning. So obviously there's a lot that goes into hosting our evaluation team. We're there for multiple days. You need to carve out time for your staff and your teachers to meet with us for interviews. You need to provide all the required documentation and materials. So can you speak to your overall approach? Absolutely. Uh, I think we were really looking forward to and very excited about the renewal visit. Um, and the reason is because we really approach the visit holistically through a learning lens. And for us, we saw the visit as an opportunity for whole school professional development. Uh, we had a team of experts from our authorizer's office coming to our school to observe our culture, observe our instruction, uh, observe our practices, and give us really valuable feedback. And one of our core values at EVCS is that we seek to be better. Uh, it is palpable in everything we do. And so it was really important for us that we approach the visit as learners. Um, we did not want to put on a dog and pony show. We wanted to uh, put on a real presentation of who we are as a school so that we could uh, take this opportunity to learn from the valuable feedback we'd receive and use that feedback to improve our practices and ultimately, most importantly, improve student outcomes. So in terms of your overall preparation, how did you go about preparing your teachers for us coming on site, you know, preparing them for us to go and observe their classrooms? Was there any specific challenges that you faced? Uh, great question. So we um, we took time as a whole staff starting um, in the beginning of the school year before the renewal visit to gather together. Um, first, we started kind of almost with a backward design in mind that we got together and we, we looked at the renewal benchmarks so that everyone was aware. Um, we wanted our teachers to know exactly what the success criteria would be um, so that they could start to think about their own practice and self-evaluate before the evaluators walked through the door. Um, so we did spend some time looking at the renewal benchmarks together as a staff um, and having discussion around that, looking at that together. Um, so that teachers would be aware and comfortable with what kind of a lens the evaluators would be coming to look through. Um, we did not ask our teachers to do anything different. We did not ask them to prepare special lesson plans. We asked them to prepare what they would prepare on any other day of the year so that, um, again, we would be receiving real valuable, useful feedback to improve our practice. 
Uh, logistically speaking, um, there was a lot on the back end that we did as an administrative team to prepare for the visit, preparing schedules, uh, asking for teacher lesson plans in advance, ensuring that um, we had everything in place so that the evaluators could smoothly move through the building and um, accomplish everything they needed to accomplish. Um, we did meet with the teams of teachers who would be interviewed by the uh, evaluation team so that they were comfortable and prepared um, for the for the interviews um, so they knew what to expect. And I have to say the uh, renewal team did a wonderful job sending us information, corresponding with us with our questions so that we knew our teachers felt ready to receive the team and um, provide them with uh, all the information they needed for the visit. So it was a really smooth process. It was a very collaborative process um, here on site with our own staff and also with the renewal team. I have to say it was just felt really supportive all along the way. Uh, so we were really pleased to have that preparation opportunity to have the ability to communicate back and forth with the team and with our faculty to prepare for the visit. Um, and really, I would say we didn't experience any challenges. The whole process was um, well prepared and, and very smooth. And I think because we were approaching it as a, a professional development opportunity, we felt really ready to receive our guests and uh, and receive their feedback in turn. Well, I think the renewal team would be very happy to hear that. Um, so once we actually left, what was the reflection process like? What was the feedback that you were hearing from teachers? Well, I think teachers were very relieved at the end of the process because all good teachers, as we have at EBCS, uh, they take their jobs and their work very seriously. Um, there's no more important work than educating uh, the youth of our of our community and um, providing them with the best possible educational experience that we can. Um, so one thing we learned was that uh, we, uh, we were very pleased that the team made it so uh, supportive for us. And we learned that the support of our authorizer is critical in our success, and we felt very grateful to have that all along the way. Um, I think it also allowed our teachers to be extremely reflective at looking at their own practice through the benchmarks. Um, we had, uh, I personally had many conversations with folks about those benchmarks and um, they really used them to reflect on their own practice and start thinking about putting things into place on their own before even receiving any feedback. So I think the experience allowed us to really look inward at our, at our work as a school through the through the benchmarks and the su success criteria we were provided. Um, so I think overall that was uh, the biggest takeaway for us was just to reflect on our, our practice through the, the eyes of the benchmarks and use those to push ourselves forward. Well, I think that's great advice. Uh, the importance of for schools to be able to use these visits, to use these benchmarks as an opportunity for self-reflection and to improve their own processes. Can I give you one example of that that I think would be really valuable for other schools to hear about? Um, Absolutely. In our conversations, in our conversations after um, some of the instructional visits, uh, Andrew and I were having a conversation about some instructional practices and he offered up the opportunity for uh, the two of us to go into a classroom and co-observe together. 
and then debrief that lesson afterward to kind of hit on some of the high leverage points of feedback that we would give that teacher. And I thought, wow, what an incredibly powerful way to support school leadership, to support teachers that, you know, our renewal team is working with us side by side. Um, they're not coming in with a top-down approach. They're on the ground with us in the classrooms of co-observing teachers and then spending time with the administration to debrief afterward. That was incredibly powerful and an experience I'd not had before um, as a school leader. And so um, I think that schools should know that the process is one of great support for um, for the teams on the ground. And our authorizers want us to be successful. That just came through so strongly, and we, we really felt that through the entire visit. So I think that would be helpful for other schools gearing up for this uh, this experience to know. So I think that's actually a, it's a fantastic story and a great way to finish. Um, we're doing an interview with you now. Uh, I just got done with the interview with Andrew, and that will actually air for the first part of this episode. And our entire focus is on, of course, the, the evaluation visit. So I think that would be a great bookend. Uh, so with that, uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, Danielle, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me today, Mike. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening. Music was by Lee Rozier. Special thanks to Elmwood Village Days Park. If you want to be a guest in an upcoming episode to discuss your school's best practices, remember to email us at charters at suny.edu. Thanks again.